Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today we have a merchant success story. And it's one that I'm just I'm super excited to dive into this. I, I think I'm gonna have as much or more fun recording this than you will listening to it. Uh, this is an amazing power couple in the e-commerce space that I had the privilege of meeting in Denver several months ago at Ezra Firestone's Blue Ribbon Mastermind. We met. I was like, man, you guys are awesome. What you're doing is amazing. And so let's let's get on the podcast and talk about it. This episode of the e-commerce evolution podcast is brought to you by OMG Commerce Resources. That's right. Here at OMG Commerce, we want to help make sure you're educated and in the know to capitalize on the latest tips, tricks, and strategies to help you grow your e-commerce business. So if you go to omgcommerce.com and under resources, click on guides, we have some cutting edge free information for you on things like how to dominate with Amazon DSP ads or how to use Amazon sponsor brand video ads and how to craft the perfect ad. We have several guides on how to capitalize on YouTube ads from creating the perfect ad to knowing when you're ready to scale. Plus there's a newly updated Google shopping guide plus more. Check it all out at omgcommerce.com and click on guides under resources. And now back to the show. So I have with me today uh, the husband and wife team Kim Lewis and Tim Lewis. Kim is CEO. Tim is COO. They're co-founders of Curl Mix. And uh, they've been on Shark Tank, been on Oprah's Favorite Things. They're, they're ruling the world. Tim uh, even went to college in my home state of Missouri. And so just thrilled to have you guys on the show. So Kim, Tim, welcome. And uh, how's it going? We're doing well. Thank you for having us, Brett. We're excited to be here. Oh, yes. And, and you guys just look fantastic. You guys just look cute. Uh, you look like you know what you're doing. And uh, you're all like, you all like That's smuggled in the there. That's the battle. <laughs> you're so it is. That's so comfortable. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, lots, lots we want to unpack here. And, and I love doing these types of interviews because I think, you know, we all learn from success stories and, and we learn from, you know, failures along, failures along the way as well. But you guys have just done some amazing things. I love your side. I love your brand. And I love, I love how you guys have been able to, to grow. So, so talk a little bit. And also side note. So you, you guys are, are married, but you're also, you met in high school. So you guys have known each other since high school, got married after college, running a successful business together. What is it like? Um, and how did this come to be? Because you guys look like you still like each other. <laughs> you know, I actually do. Kim is my person. She's my best friend. So I'm an, I'm an introvert. And so all this entrepreneurship stuff. You're an introvert? Still, yeah, I, I play a really good extrovert on TV. Um, <laughs> but honestly, I'm an introvert. And Kim is my one person. And we're best friends. She likes me still so far. So I haven't messed that up. But I met Kim first period, no, freshman year, second period gym mm -hmm. class. Nice. Um, met in gym class. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know <laughs> what? It took me so a little who while. Was, who was interested first? And then sorry if I cut you off, but who was interested first? Problem. I Yeah, it was it actually, was Tim. it was me. Yeah, it was I caught, she caught my eye. You know, we were sitting in the same line in gym and I was like, man, she's super cute. He barely made it to class. I wasn't checking for him. I was Listen, like, I want to date somebody who's going to class, you know? <laughs> That's true, but it took me a couple of weeks to like build up my confidence and go talk to her. And I talked to her after school. We were chit chatting at her locker, and then out of nowhere, she introduces me to her boyfriend, who like walks uh, up behind me. Uh, the dagger. Like, oh, you know, whatever. Take that, take that Tim. Yeah. 
Let me it took until junior year until she was available again, and we started talking, and I find we finally made it official our junior year. Junior year, I admire that persistence, Tim. And 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 Tim, I'm, just, I'm just curious, and this is not a relationship or a dating podcast, but this is super fun and interesting. What won you over? Like, what was it? Was it? What, I mean, because Tim, Tim's a good looking guy, but what what uh, finally convinced you? You know, it wasn't his looks. He's cute, but it was Tim was the nicest guy I've ever met, and today is still the nicest guy I've ever met. Uh, I've ever met, and so that every time I think about. You know, I go to a lot of conferences. I meet attractive men who make a lot of money. But I'm like, this guy's not going to do all the things that Tim has done for me or treat me the way yeah, that Tim has yeah. treated me. And I'm exactly. like, and I'm reminded of that Somebody's every time. trying to get points over here. Uh, <laughs> I'll send like, you guys a recording of this. Just anytime, anytime you need it. You <laughs> yeah. I remember when you said We're going to run it on the loop. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's awesome, guys. Well, uh, really excited to be chatting with you. So let's talk about Curl Mix because... Like I mentioned, I love your brand, and you guys have done some amazing things from Shark Tank appearance to Oprah's favorite things to now you got a VIP membership and all kinds of crazy stuff that we'll, we'll dive into uh, several things. But what what's the origin story? Where did the idea for this business come from, and how did you guys launch? You know, Chromix, I like to say that it's like my, this is like Chromix 3.0 right now because initially we started a social network for natural hair. So like niche social networks, though, don't work, and that's what they you learn in the tech industry. Oh, yeah, we were fresh out of... Fresh out of college when we started that business. Yes. We had just read like four-hour work week, and we were like, oh, we're internet entrepreneurs. And, and didn't, didn't actually have out. a business model. We didn't have a way to make money. So I was like, the next time I start a business, it's going to, on day one, we're going to make money. And at the time, I was making all my hair care products at home. And I was like, man, if somebody would just send this to me in a box, this would save me so much time. And so Tim convinced me to launch it. Now, why, um, why were you making stuff uh, from home? You just couldn't find anything that actually worked for you? Yeah, so a lot of women who have curly, kinky hair, we don't, um, early in the early 2000s, there was like nothing on the shelf for us. Like, and if it was, you didn't know what was in it, you didn't know if you could trust it. And many of us, we had straight hair our entire lives. So we didn't know even how to use the product sometimes. So many of us spent hours and hours on YouTube learning how to do our hair and learning what products to use. And in that journey, some of us end up making things at home because we can't find what we want on the shelves. And not just making stuff at home, but she would like go to Whole Foods, spend hundreds of dollars, come back, destroy the kitchen, leave me with the dishes, and may or may not even like what she made. So it wasn't <laughs> like all roses and rainbows. Yeah, I'm sorry, I did. I skipped a bunch. And then, so we, um, I was watching an episode of Shark Tank one day, and this lady was doing it with like organic cookies. She was like having everything prepackaged and put it in a box, and then you can go home and you make the organic cookies. You'd have to shop for anything, and you knew it was organic. And I was like, I wonder if anyone's doing this for hair. And Tim was like, you should do it. And we did it. So one box to my cousin. I was like, this is a failure. He's like, no, Kim, if Airbnb can relaunch seven times, surely Chromex can relaunch twice. Nice. And I love that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just didn't know what we were doing. Mm -hmm. um, so we read a bunch of books, things like, you know, Influence by Robert Cialdini. Classic. Um, I think Confessions of a Media Manipulator by Ryan Holiday. It was just anything to learn how to pitch journalists, how to get press. Um, and so we ended up relaunching a month later. We were able to line up not only press appearances, but a partnership with a large influencer in the space. And we ended up selling 100 boxes on that first day, including wow. another box to my cousin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Repeat customer. I mean, your cousin is a big part of the story. Yeah. She's now uh, our chief of operations, too. Nice. So she's the curl mixer. A warehouse operations, hard. yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and so we did that. And we did that for two years, the DIY box. I think our best year, we made like close to 200K. Um, right. But it wasn't enough for me to like work off, you know, eat off sure, of. And Tim sure. was still working in tech full time. And so um, our best customers started to unsubscribe because they basically were like, I can't do a lot with all these boxes. You know what I mean? Like I, every time I go to do my hair, I step to make my products. And I, they were still buying ready-made products. And at that time, our flaxseed gel was our number one selling box. It was like the one thing everybody was bu- buying over and over and over again. And the reason they were doing that is because it wasn't on the shelves. Uh, no manufacturer would make flaxseed gel because you literally boil raw flaxseeds and extract the gel. And it helps give you this hairstyle. Yeah, and we uh, know they yeah. wouldn't make it because we asked them. I think we got turned down four times when we tried to. Wow. To and they just said, well, it's too variable. Um, it's too hard to preserve. No one had figured that out yet. And uh, we got the, the, the like, advice. challenge accepted and opportunity. <laughs> yes. We got the advice from our advisors. Like, you never just stop selling your best-selling product. Just find a way to make this work. Because yeah. if you do, you have something great. So Kim, being the entrepreneur and hero that she is, she spent a month in our kitchen, you know, whipping up 50, 60 different batches, seven months pregnant, mind you. Look at that. um, Until we finally got something that worked and was preserved. um, And we decided, you know what, we've done this, done the entrepreneurship stuff for a while now. We know what we're doing. Let's make sure people actually want this. So let's pre-sell it. So we don't make anything yet. Um, let's just see if people actually want it. We opened up, I think, 60 spots at the time because that's how much we could make in a pot on our stove. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, let's just sell sell those 60 and see if people want it. And we sold at the same price we were selling the box for. But the margins on the bottle were 70% and the margins on the box were 30%. Whoa, that's amazing. And we sold out twice. Um, wow. so basically hundreds of amount of hours. And after that, we were like... This is it. So we pivoted the entire business. We threw out six months of box content. And yeah, we had worked with influencers. We'd done photo shoots. We had ingredients. And we but, just had to. You're like, man, this, this is it. Yeah, because people don't want to mix their own hair products, right? Like, I mean, it was easier, way easier than what you were doing back in the Whole Foods days. But still, like, if you just, people want it in a bottle. And, and exactly. So, so we awesome. pivoted the business. And yeah, then and that, that, was, that was January 2018. Mm-hmm. Mind you, our first baby boy was born December 2nd. 2018, 2017. 2017. Yeah. Uh, it's his birthday today, by the way. <laughs> hey, happy birthday, little man. Right. Happy birthday, Zuri. Yeah. And so we did a million that year in revenue um, wow. after we pivoted. And that so it was like, awesome. oh, this is. So Tim quit his job, can't work for the business. And then the next year, we were on Shark Tank. And then we helped propel us to about $5 million in revenue. So wow. it was completely, like, the last two years really. Saw a lot of success, but the first 45 years we were struggling. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, so you, you, so you were an overnight success story that was five years in the making, like like most good right. overnight, <laughs> overnight success stories. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Shark Tank. I know some people like want to get on and other people are just interested by it. So mm-hmm. how, how, was, how what was that process like and how did you get on Shark Tank? Sure. So clearly you guys are fans of the show, right? You were fans oh, of the yeah. show for like, yeah. We watched like all the episodes <laughs> and even more once we found out we were going to be on the show. Yeah, but I'll yeah. jump into that. You know, what's funny though. After you go on the show, the people who go on the show stop watching. <laughs> That's true. How did you guys stop watching? Yes. Sort of, yeah. I've met a ton of founders who no longer <laughs> watch our take well, who are on the show. Is it because of the, like the mystique is gone, and because like maybe it wasn't, you know, or maybe you you your perspective on the sharks change a little bit, or something like that? I think it's the mystique. I think yeah. it's like not having, not knowing what goes into it makes it like alluring or just yeah. interesting. Yeah. Like, oh my god, if I could just Showbiz. get in front of the sharks, 
Yeah, but when you really peel back the layers, it's like six months of a part-time, sometimes full-time job. Um, getting ready Just for to the get show. ready. Yeah. Wow. So it's intense, but go ahead. How, so yeah. how are we on the show? So yeah. January 2018, we got rid of all of our boxes. We basically had no sales. I think we had our lowest month in sales ever. Kim cried and she was like, this is stupid. We made a mistake. But I was like, you know what? Let's just keep going. And then she said, if we can just double, we'll be okay. Um, so we ended up doing more than double, 8,000 that month. And then wow. we can double next month. We'll be even better. We ended up tripling to Whoa. over $30,000. What were you guys doing for traffic at that point? I'm just, just curious. Like, how were you driving traffic? We were not spending money on Facebook ads yet. So we were working with micro-influencers. Got it, micro-influencers. Revenue sharing. Email list. Yeah. yeah. Didn't have any SMS then either. No, yeah. SMS yeah. wasn't even a thing. Yeah, no. You were no. just hustling. Yes. We hustled our way to 30K a month. And then we started investing in Facebook ads right around because we knew who we were talking to then and we knew what they were buying yeah. and who our competitor was. So we did that. And then um, we got to a million in revenue. Oh, no, right around March. That, is, that was March when we got 30K in revenue. And then we were like, we in- need help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that's when I quit my job. I told Kim I got three months of savings. If I quit my job, we got to be able to pay ourselves in three months. Um, and but the Shark Tank, I want to get back to the question because he basically said so. Tim's aunt called us and she was like, yeah, I know you guys are like doing a little business, your little business, you know, it's like your little business. And she's like, but they're doing a casting for Shark Tank at UIUC and I think you guys should go. And we were like, oh, we didn't know that. And at the time, our baby was coming everywhere with us because we didn't, you know, he's like five months, six yeah, months. Yeah. And he goes to the casting with us. <laughs> yeah. And, it's, it's literally the next day. We have to throw together a pitch. He called us Wednesday. The whoa. casting was Threw together a pitch overnight. Took him to the to to the pitch with us because we couldn't find a babysitter. He <laughs> sleeps. He sleeps the whole wow. way through the morning. That away. And then when we get up to pitch, he wakes up and starts oh, crying. Okay. <laughs> In the <laughs> middle of the pitch. pitch. Okay. He was resting up. He was resting those lungs so the pitch. Because he wanted to be part of the pitch too, guys. Like you can't you can't oh, just yeah. he wanted to be part of the business. Like. Uh, I got I got something to say here. Uh, so. Man, and we were we were pitching, and he starts crying. We grab one of the boxes and give it to him, and we're Kim and Tim. Like it was literally hilarious. And <laughs> we thought we we thought we bombed. We thought they were like this is the the most the worst pitch we'd ever. <laughs> um, but they loved it. They loved us. They liked our story. Um, yeah. And they were like, you know what? You guys made it to the next round. And called us. Well, they called us back in two weeks. So I, I had been scrolling through my email like like a hawk for like, you know, looking through all the spam, right, um, for two weeks. And then one day, Tim heard me scream really loud in the house. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, we got our shark thing. And I was like, we did. Like, he knew because I was acting crazy. Um, um, I think it was in the basement. I heard it from like two floors. <laughs> That's awesome. It's awesome. But it sounds like, so then it sounds like that I, that really blew up the business, right? We had made a million dollars before we even fit, like before we aired the yeah, show. Yes, and then the 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 month, the year that we aired, like that month, we were spending like heavy, I would say, on Facebook ads. Got so it. we probably like you had a lot of momentum anyway. Yes, 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 yes. And that took it just way off. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think we're doing maybe three hundred k per month at yeah. that point, and then the the month of Shark Tank, we did almost a million in just nice. that month. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, which. We weren't quite prepared for either. <laughs> Man, that's just, that's the way it goes. So so many times, like you, you're not you're not ready for that that bump from. And well, then you guys did it again, probably with with Oprah. Like you know, this is just massive influx of traffic. But you know what I would say though too. I've learned. I've had a few friends go on Shark Tank after, and what I have learned, it really matters the order in which you go up. 
um, if you go up first, second, third, or fourth on the mm. show, that determines how big your revenue is. Because we did do like 900000 that month, but we probably spent two-something on ads that month. You know, so it's like yep. it yep. was... So it was like a proper 3X ROAS on everything. Um, and if we weren't spending money on ads, maybe we'd have done like five or 600 or something yeah, like that, yeah. I would probably think. Um, but we went up, I think, third in that episode, didn't we? Gotcha. Um, and I had a friend who sells lashes and she went up first and she did like, I don't know, maybe like a million in two days or something yeah, crazy. Yeah. Like, wow, wow. And she's a product that everybody can use, all women can use. And yeah. so... It really doesn't matter if it's consumer friendly, if you go up first, if it's something that everybody can use. Right, so right, right. It, you know? mm-hmm. Makes sense. And if it's more drama in your episode, <laughs> like if you cry yeah. or like if you do like a big Shark, production. Sharks getting a fight or something or you get oh, a fight yeah. with them or so. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Because it's TV, man. Like they're, they're looking, they want they want good, they want action on TV, and it is about drama. That t- totally makes sense. So, any any tips or suggestions would you give? Like, who would you advise? Like, hey, yeah, it's worth trying to get on Shark Tank. Or who would you advise? Like, no, nah, don't don't bother. You know, uh, any, you any thoughts, a, sir? Yeah, if you have a demonstrable product, like you know the Scrub Daddy guy, he got on there and it was totally HSN. Like he was like, you can clean this, you can clean that, you can clean it all over. Look at this, brand <laughs> wait, new. Wait, there's more. <laughs> you can really get into the presentation and like wow people. You've got it. Um, the other thing is just having a really great story as well. Yeah. So yeah. we have the benefit of being high school sweethearts from the south side of Chicago, making a, a product in a space that is underserved. Um, yes. And then on top of that, Kim decided to turn down almost a half a million dollars. And so it played <laughs> yeah. really, really well. <laughs> so can you talk about that? Like, what, what was was there fighting at this point where it was Tim like, what are you doing? Or, or were you guys in agreement? Like, no, this is not the, this is not the right deal. We got to turn this down. And, and also, what shark offered you the deal? What were you thinking? So Robert Herjavec offered us $400,000 um, for uh, equity stake in the business. Now, 20% at that point. 20%, 20% but I'll, go, I'll back up. When we were on the show, we were already going to make a million that year. We were already on track to do a million. And this is like September. So you know your numbers are pretty solid. Like yeah, yeah, sure. We could have gotten angel deals from other or uh, syndicate deals for a six to seven million dollar valuation. When I looked looked back, actually compared it to Ring, you know, the founder of Ring, um, yeah. Jimmy Seminole, was it yeah. his name? Um, he came on the show asking for a $7 million valuation, and he got crushed by the Sharks. They're like, absolutely not. Why do you think you're worth that? Get out of our face. Yeah. Like, that was literally the, the yeah. you know, and I think they brought it down to four or something, or he tried to bring it down to four, and they wouldn't, right? So that was the, I'm like, dang, okay, well, that's what we're worth, but, like, that's too high for the Sharks. So we'll cut it in half. We'll offer a $4 million valuation, for 10% equity stake in the company. And then Robert cut that in half and was yeah. like, no, you're only worth $2 million. <laughs> right, right. And I was like, I have to go home with this business and like feed my family, you know? Yep. Um, and then he also said he didn't know anything about the business and yeah. the industry. Yeah, we did sense. He's, white, he's a white dude. Like he doesn't know the market. curly so. hair, <laughs> right. And so we had a whole demo set up where we showed before and afters. And he was like, I can't tell the difference. And we we're like, well, oh, no. you're definitely dumb money. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not the partner that we need yeah. to actually yeah. make it make it be successful. We we're really hoping to do a deal with like um, Allie, who was the guest 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 shark at the time. OK, she's the co-founder of Dry Bar mm-hmm. or um, who else would you mean? Lori. Lori or Damon or yeah. Damon. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no offers shark. from Lori or Damon. Damon wasn't there. Uh, Allie was seven in for him. 
Got it. Um, but Damon wasn't there. And, and Allie made the comment, like, I'm in the business of making curly hair straight. And I was like, oh, that was oh, the yeah. wrong comment. <laughs> yeah. is all about straightening curly hair. And so it just, it didn't work out that way. Yep. And but, Lori has other curly hair investments. So like she's invested in someone else was on the show before. Yeah, but I think so. One cool thing there is you 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 walked in though knowing what you were worth and you and you had you had success and you had momentum. You didn't you go you went in wanting a deal but not needing a deal right and so and so you were able to say no it's not it's not not the right deal so kudos to you guys for saying no. Thank you. Yeah, there are some sharky deals on that show. Man. So you have to know your numbers like the back of your hand. And we we just spent six months drilling like it was finals week <laughs> for six months. That's like amazing. we would we would be in the car and I'm like, Kim, you know, what's your khaki you cockroach? And we were, we were really going in <laughs> heavy on the training for Shark Tank. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Uh, very cool. So I want to talk about Oprah and then I want to get into some some things around um, crowdfunding and community building and some other amazing things that, that you guys do so well. But how did you become one of Oprah's favorite things? Was that something you tried for or did it just happen? It honestly just happened. Yeah, um, nice. <laughs> I, that, what I have found out though, that if you want to be on Oprah's favorite things, the selection happens in like June or July. Like it's like in the summer. It's just once a year? Huh? Just once a year typically for that or? They probably spend the middle of the, you know, middle of June, like all of June and July, figuring out who the companies are going to be. Yep. Um, and so if you want to be on Oprah's favorite things, if you figure out where their office is, you can send them your products nice. and have them like tested or, you know, figure it out. Her team will try it as yeah. well. And they also use secret shoppers. So mm. you may not know this, but someone from their team might have already purchased your product. We yeah. found out later that there were a few people who were in that sphere who actually did purchase and really liked the product and recommended them. Or recommended us to them, and nice. so it helps to one just always be good and prepared for those yeah. kind of opportunities. Yeah. Never know who those shoppers are, man. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe an investor, maybe a partner, maybe Oprah's people. So you know, I will say I was always looking on the on the orders like, is Oprah is, is this going to Hawaii? <laughs> is this going to Cali? Like, if there's ever a celebrity, I hope I caught them, but not always. Yeah, yeah. have you? And I know you probably can't say, but have you had some celebrities order from the? From the site, that absolutely. Yeah, nice. absolutely. That's, yeah, that's that's got to be fun. And you're like, hey, is this the real so and so? You ever exactly. reach out? Yeah. You ever reach out there, just for fun? A couple times, I've yeah. googled some addresses and like walk street viewed some place. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I was like, is this, <laughs> is this a really mansion? Fun. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you know, um, TLC, um, TLC. Uh, so I creep. Yeah, or don't go chasing waterfalls. Oh, of course, that. yeah. I was thinking that I was thinking the TV. Yeah, but of course, don't go oh, to the TV waterfalls. Yeah, man. Okay, yeah. I'm a child so of the nineties. Yeah, of course. So Chili from uh, TLC ordered our products before, no so that she was had cool. Really long curly hair, and so it was like great. We were like, that's awesome. awesome. And uh, Nas's ex-wife, um, she Khalees. ordered as well. Khalees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and a few others. Yes, I, I, we'll have to go back through. Yeah, yeah sure. No, that's that's amazing. I love that. Love that. So, what kind of lifted then um, that create being on Oprah's favorite things was that was that a a really noticeable lift or or how would you describe that? I would say it was more credence. It was definitely sure. a lift, but it was like it's not quite like Shark Tank. Yeah, because Shark Tank you're getting like like three to five million, three to four million active viewers. Like right. you know what I'm saying when it launches. Um, all all at one time. Exactly. Yes. So yeah. you notice it. Whereas Oprah's Everything is promoted throughout the whole month. Yeah. And there's different segments here. So you have spikes, like peaks all throughout yeah. the month. Yeah. But they're like maybe a little bit lower peaks. But could, like all together, there was definitely a lift. Yeah. And then but, they structured it very uh, in a very interesting way. So instead of people coming to your website, 
they partnered with Amazon so that anything that you wanted to offer for Oprah's favorite things had to be shipped into Amazon. Gotcha. It was very, it's very, very different. So Shark Tank, we were getting all that customer data, all yep. those people that we could tag and remark right, to right. in the email list. But these folks went to Oprah Amazon. Oprah had to be uh, through Amazon. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, but both of those things are are, are now appearances and that, that's media uh, mentions that you can talk about forever and that, that build credibility and build your brand and so you, you can leverage that exactly. for forever, which is, which is awesome. So let's talk about, I want to talk about now crowdfunding and because, because we met at Ezra Firestone's event in, in Denver, Blue, Blue Ribbon, and uh, you guys talked about, about building a community and then how that allowed you to do some crowdfunding and stuff. So just walk us through that. Like uh, we, we were joking around, like if you don't have a community, you can't, you can't crowdfund, you can't crowdfund without a crowd, right? So, right. so how did you build a crowd and how do you use crowdfunding? Kind of walk us through that. Yeah. Um, so we built the crowd through a combination of like I go. I used to go live every Wednesday. I did it for like almost two or three Facebook years. Uh, I would go live on Facebook yep. to do my hair to show our customers nice. how to use the products in yep. my shower. Um, and so, I would be filming her live in the shower. This awesome. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we turned it into like a whole TV show. Yeah. And I would record Kim, and we would do trivia. We would make jokes. We would talk to the customers. We would answer <laughs> questions live Q and A. And it was just a really great learning opportunity because our product is one where people have to learn how to use it, how right. to get the specific style. And yeah. so that was two parts: community and education. And people loved it. So that was one of our ways of like getting new customers, but also helping our current ones. We also have a quiz that most people need to take first to figure out what products they should use from our collection because we have lots of SKUs. And from that quiz, we collect your email and phone number, but it leads you to a custom result that has a custom email flow based on whatever issue you say you had. So if you said your issue was, you know, breakage, you're going to get 10 emails about breakage over the next, you know, two or three months after you've taken that quiz. But, and once you make a purchase, you're also going to get an email from us that says join our Facebook group. And that's where the real magic is because we have about 13,000 customers wow. in that Facebook group with 90% engagement. So wow. we're getting 20 posts a day. People are posting pictures of using the products or asking questions or showing up. One people, of our people are asking questions and answering their own questions probably. Like the, the they go live for each other. Like, and it's wow. crazy because and that's what, like it's so it's a really like strong community. So when we dropped the link for our crowdfund in there, they went bananas. Like they helped wow. us raise a million dollars in about four hours. It was pretty cool. So are you still are you still doing Facebook lives, or is that is that something that's not really that important anymore now the community's already got traction and it's building and growing? We're still doing them. So, but we've changed. In the shower. We're not doing everyone ourselves okay, in our yeah. shower. Uh, for a time, we moved into a studio space that we had at the office where we were bringing in customers and guests and influencers. And then when the pandemic hit, we went back to the shower. Um, but then now we've expanded it so that now our customers and influencers will go live in their showers at home. Oh, that's hilarious. So we, we've definitely evolved it over time. And, you know, it's funny because we tell people to get in the shower to use our products. The reason you have to get in the shower is because the water helps the product spread across your hair better okay. than if you were just sitting outside the shower doing it. So you yeah. really need that steam. And the hair gets more moisturized, right? Yeah. And so we tell them that. And we're like, well, we can't show them, them us doing it in a salon. Like, they're not going to be able to go to a salon. Exactly. So exactly. Like, how well, do we show them how to do it? What's so interesting about that is it's an immediate 
uh, pattern interrupt as well, right? I'm not expecting you to go live from the shower. And I'm not expecting an influencer to go live from the shower, right? So it's, it's instantly intriguing and engaging and it's just a pattern interrupt. Uh, but then, yeah, it just reinforces this is how you use it. This is how you get the best results. So I, th I think that's brilliant. Kudos to you guys for for doing that. Uh, that. That's that's awesome. So still going live, but now you got influencers and your community going live for you, which is, which is super, super cool. And um, I think what we're going to do is pivot more to YouTube, though. Um, YouTube lives, Facebook live, we used to get hundreds of visitors live. I think that our best one had 2,000 visitors live. Um, but typically we would sit around anywhere from three to 500 visitors live. Now, after the iOS update, we'll be lucky if we have like 150 the whole time. And so now I'm just like, we either need to like switch it up or do it on YouTube and, you know, make it more of an event because YouTube is just, it's just getting better results from our lives organically um, than Facebook. So that might be something you see from us in the future. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big YouTube fan. I'm, I'm a YouTube ads guy, though, so I don't, I don't, I mean, I understand the organic side, but that's not my area of expertise. I would recommend, though, for you guys or for anybody uh, watching or listening, episode 112 of this show with my, my buddy Liz Germain. She is a master at YouTube, uh, organic mm -hmm. YouTube. And actually, it's funny, I, I got invited to speak at the YouTube LA offices right before COVID. And so I was speaking and she was there in the audience and she was like, hey, uh, ask a question then we connected afterwards. But um, she talks about how to really, how to build a channel and leverage it. And the beauty mm -hmm. of creating content on YouTube is that it can get better and stronger over time, right? So you start answering questions and you guys are gonna be great at creating content, but you start structuring the right content, it's gonna gain viewership and gain momentum over time rather than just being kind of a, a flash in the, in the pan potentially. So yeah, I think that's I think that's huge. Uh, uh, so yeah, I would highly highly recommend that. I think that How many awesome. subscribers does she have? So she mainly teaches people now uh, what to to do, but she and her sister started a, a, a channel called uh, I think it's Super Sister Fitness, if I remember correctly. It's been a little while since we recorded, but um, they they just recorded fitness videos, just the two of them, and they exploded for a while, and then they haven't created videos in like four years, but they still get a ton of views. Like they've, they've stopped creating, but they still get a ton of benefit from that channel. I think she's helped launch several other channels too, but, but uh, yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. So love, love that idea for sure. Um, cool. And so then you use crowdfunding then to, to launch new products or what was the, what was the strategy? So use the quiz, use your lives to, to build that community, that Facebook group. Then you launch the crowdfunding. Uh, what were you using crowdfunding for? Well, one of the, the great things about uh, the, how the landscape of crowdfunding has changed now is that crowdfunding is a lot of different things. So the beginnings of crowdfunding was like a Kickstarter, where if you were hoping to launch a new product, you can get a lot of people to kind of help you finance that, and then you bring it into the world. But now you can do equity crowdfunding, where instead of going to some rich venture capitalist, Regular everyday people who aren't accredited investors can now invest in early stage companies and reap those same returns and benefits of those big, rich investors now. Yeah. And that's all kind of all thanks to uh, what was it? The Jobs Act um, signed by Obama. And now the, the limit went from one million in crowdfunding for equity to five million in crowdfunding for equity. Um, the same the month before we decided to launch our nice. crowdfunding. So it was kind of a perfect storm because we heard about it. Uh, we were like, this could be very interesting because we are very much a community driven brand. And our goal is to continue to serve, you know, underserved parts of the market. But 
in the in the same vein, we're going to be building up our community along the way. And we've uh, raised about three point five million, and wow. we have about five thousand investors. And we're going to close out December twenty third, hoping to raise the other one point five million um, and close out our round, which would be like phenomenal. Um, That's amazing. And so, what are the what's kind of the goal now now I'm super interested I when you first mentioned crowdfunding I was just thinking Kickstarter to launch new products which that's a super cool strategy too but you're doing crowdfunding for equity so yeah. the idea there is and, and obviously you know as someone buys stock in a certain company like they're not going to buy from a competitive company right you know I buy stock in Tesla I'm buying a Tesla not not some other uh, EV so so I'm sure there, there's that component right these 5,000 investors and hopefully it'll be six or seven or whatever by the time you close they're going to be committed to your brand most likely what, what, what's so like the strategy behind this and, and, and why are you doing it? We'd love to hear that perspective. Oh, man. Okay, so there's a couple of things. So um, one, for people who are like, this sounds bonkers, you know. Think <laughs> like, of why would you do this? Robin Hood 20 years ago, you know what I mean? Like yeah. online trading was not a thing. Now it's all the rage. Right. So I think crowdfunding in the future is a new way of investing because the gatekeepers will be gone, right? It's not like only the rich get access to something like this. Um, but right, how many incredi- accredited investors are out there, right? Like most people can't participate in a deal like this in the, in the old days because you had to make a certain amount of money and meet all these criteria yeah. for an accredited investor. Yeah. I think it's something like two million in a- two million in assets or something like exactly. that. Yeah, we're combining three hundred thousand a year in income between if you're married and stuff, stuff like that. So I mean, it's not like uh, totally unattainable, but it, but it's it's a uh, it's not a, a huge part of the population. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but what was the question? I oh, well, I, I can kind of start from the beginning. We Strategy we, behind why you're doing crowdfunding. Oh, we want yes. it to be a venture-backed company because we have plans to eventually IPO one day and be the next, you know, black-owned Procter & Gamble. So we don't love just it, want man. to stay with hair. Love we it, want love to it, love be, it. Um, a global force um, in the personal care and beauty space and have lots of brands because that's kind of what we see as, as the future. There are a lot of places in the market that not only um, are not being served right now, but they're being actively ignored right, because right. people think the money is not there. Um, and we're going to solve that. And the I money's not there or or they're like Robert and they're like, well, I don't know. I can't tell. what I I can't tell the they, don't, they don't get it. And so like yeah. even if they tried to do something, they probably screw it up. And so, yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to crowdfund for a while, but the limit was a million dollars. And I was like, that is too much work for a million dollars. It's right. it's just it's a lot of work. You open up your accounting to everyone. You open yeah. up your business secrets, it's your basically revenue. basically like going public. Yeah. For <laughs> sure. Like yeah. <laughs> and Which is painful. Which is one of the reasons I wanted to crowdfund, even when we like didn't couldn't benefit from the money necessarily, yeah. was because in our industry, um, typically black owned businesses in hair care have um, really like leaned on black people for revenue and like support and growth, and then they sell to like a private equity company or PE or something else, you know. And while that's great, and that is typically how business works, and that's what you're sure. supposed to sure. do, that's how you should do it. Um, a lot of times we didn't see the benefit of those things, yeah. right? So it's like that one family got rich and the rest of us helped support and build up this brand and we got nothing. Right. And I was like, man, like, what if they could own a piece of the company yeah. so they could come up with us, you know? Yep. Um, and, but a million dollars is just not enough money to be to do all of it. And I was like, when it launched to five, I was like, oh, now's the time. Yeah. This is perfect. Like, we should definitely go ahead and do it. And I don't know if, if, if Kim is super comfortable with this, but Kim is one of the first... 50 black women to have ever raised more than a million dollars in venture capital and before the crowdfund. Yeah. This is actually our um, our seed plus round, right? Wow. So our, our first seed round, we were able to raise um, over a million dollars from Jeff Weiner, the then CEO of LinkedIn, and a few other business partners. 
um, that helped propel us to over five million in sales. Yeah. And then uh, as we were trying to raise another round of funding to keep that growth going, uh, Kim would go into these rooms, try to pitch, you know, basically older white men who didn't understand <laughs> what she was doing. Yeah. Even though we had a that had to be super frustrating. Like it is. Yeah. Black women get less than one percent of venture capital. Yeah. And every time I've tried to traditionally fundraise, it was just like a waste of time. Yeah, like, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure. And because it's a waste of time, most people don't even try, right? So, so kudos to you for for sticking with it and making it happen. <laughs> you know? we, yeah, we literally made like the Inc. Five Thousand list, one of the top fastest hundred growing companies in the comp in the country. And yeah, we're number we're ninety-three. Getting, yeah, we're still wow. getting no's. Like, she was, <laughs> I was like, wait, what do you mean they don't? They need to see more. What do you mean they said no? Like. Yeah, you, yeah. If you want to invest in minority-owned businesses, yeah, yeah, yeah. You if bet. you want to invest in black businesses, and you say that as part of your investment philosophy, how do you turn Kim down? Right, right, right. <laughs> It's funny, but... Um, and so we're like, you know what, bump that. We will do it ourselves. Yeah, yes. yeah. and really, I mean, the... But the momentum you'll gain there, that that community, and you guys, you guys are all about community, which is amazing, but yeah, getting that, you know, 5,000 to 7,000, whatever, whatever it ends up being, that's going to be a really powerful asset as well. Um, You're right. And I'm working on how to figure out how to rally those investors. You know what I mean? And the next, does that mean we all get together for a special event? Does that mean there's some NFT stuff going on? Does that mean like, you know, (laughs) I'll say just from crypto. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Just from, from the start of the crowd until until now, it's been huge for um, just, our profile too. I, we brand. literally yes. get stopped on the street now. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm an investor." I was like, "Hey, <laughs> co-owner, how awesome, you doing? Man. I That's invested awesome. in y'all. Good, you great job." And it, and it's a really been just a movement because it shows people that there's another way to get VC money. There's another way to grow yep. your business. There's another way to great to you know en- enhance the community. Right outside of the traditional gatekeepers, and that's yep. what we are all about. Love it, love it. So, a couple of quick questions there, and then I have one other topic, kind of before we before we wrap up here. So, what what platform would you recommend if someone is saying like, "Hey, I should I should explore this a little bit and think about equity, uh, crowdfunded equity"? What platform do you recommend? And any any quick tips, do's and don'ts for how do you approach this? There are three. There is WeFunder, which is what we used. There's uh, there's more, right? There's tons of platforms. Yep. These are the big three. Yeah. Uh, WeFunder, Start Engine, and Republic. Um, and they all have different terms, right? Like I think WeFunder's fee is like seven percent of whatever you raise. But if you're gonna be a really really big raise, you might be able to negotiate. Yeah. And then Start Engine, and but then WeFunder only does preferred shares for its customers or its um, investors, right? Its retail investors. Now, Start Engine only does common shares okay. for its retail investors, which is different. You know, yep. It, yep. you know, it doesn't give them as much control, which is right. can be advantageous for the founder. Sure. But then you can get a lot of hate from the retail investors because they're like, "Why would you, you know, treat us this yeah. way? Why we're we're still giving you good money? Like, you yeah. know, why don't we get those rights?" And then you have Republic, and I'm and I forget. I don't know about preferred or common for Republic, but I do know that Republic takes equity. Um, of in that round, like I think you have to give them a piece, uh, you know. So just double check. But I'll say I've heard wonderful things about Republic, and people have always recommended them um, to me when I went to go fundraise. But WeFunder gave me the best deal, and I really like their team, um, and I also love their mission. I think they're really um, they're in, they're kind of investor focused, but I think the other ones are kind of founder focused, um, and that's fit, that fits with our philosophy. Really. And Which does, yeah. cool they're just a hard sell. Like they just they're really intense. So if you tell them you're interested in crowdfunding, they will not stop messaging you. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, being investor focused is like being customer focused, right? And because because they are customers, and so yeah, lo- love that ethos, and that makes a lot of sense. So, any any kind of tips, do's or don'ts, things that you wish you had known before you started, or any anything like that? Ooh, lots of those. <laughs> yeah, Number yeah. one, and, and small businesses like to ignore this part of their business, and you probably know what I'm going to say, Brett, accounting. If you do not have good books, you are going to spend, you have, we have to have audited gap financials for the last two years of our business, and we manufacture our products, Brett. That's, we that's manufacture painful. half yeah. a million units over the last two years, and we didn't have like NetSuite or anything like that to kind of get that data. So we, we had we're still on cash <laughs> accounting, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can't be on cash accounting. We I mean, cash accounting for like an agency is good, but not for not for a retail business. Yeah, we went from one million to five million in less than a, a year. So we didn't even we couldn't even like switch yeah, to yeah, accrual yeah, accounting yeah. at any point. We didn't see it coming. So we had to do all that back accounting to get our get our books up. That to doesn't sound fun. Before we get started. No, that was hard. And then you need an SEC attorney. <clears throat> do not just try to go to your general counsel or whoever you're using paying right. five hundred bucks a month to. It is special. You, you, need, law. you need a specialist here. Yeah. Yes. And you need the person that you normally work with. So they're gonna talk to each other, and those two lawyers are gonna talk it's like to your, your primary account. care physician and the specialist, right? Like you need. <laughs> <to talk. laughs> yes. So imagine I'm paying two lawyers and two sets of accountants to do all of this to help me crowdfund. And I'm like, whoo, my bills were up there before I got the money. (laughs) Exactly, before you got any of the funding. Yeah, and it's much better to have done it earlier and spread it out than trying to like get it done in a few months because it it ran our team ragged for a little bit. Yeah. Um, You know, there was some late nights, early mornings and lots and lots of counting. And you can't file the Form C until that accounting is done if you're raising up five million. If you're raising one, you don't need an audit. You need a review. review. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which only takes like two weeks. But if you need an uh, audit, it took us three months to do that. And And then we had to wait 21 days after we filed a Form C to collect the money. So it just, it was, it was arduous and difficult. I would do it again, but I would have my, now my accounting is as clean um, as a fiddle. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) (laughs) Clean as a whistle. And I think I think you could coin something new there. You may be onto something. We don't know. <laughs> this is this is one of Kim's superpowers. She always blends blends the old things. So it, it's a game for me to figure yeah. out which ones she yeah, blended. Which, so you guys got to let in on it's the. Like, like mad gab. Uh, uh, that's that is so funny. That's the game. Clean as a fiddle. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> clean as a fiddle. So. Uh, that that's beautiful. So uh, love it. And now I'm geeking out. And I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. And I'm gonna invest in your business. I, I just get pulled it up. I'm gonna take a look at this. Thank it's you awesome. so much. Um, so I gotta that's check that out. That's the biggest compliment anyone can give is I believe right. in what you're doing, and I want to be a part of it. Here's exactly. my money. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Put put dollars behind it. Put money where your mouth is. That that's that's what really counts. So I want to talk about a couple things, and we're we're coming up against time here pretty quick. But I, but there's. There's more than I want to talk about, and so I know you guys are are always about, and 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 now I know you want to be, you know, like P and G, which is amazing. But you're trying to create repeat purchases and, and getting people to order more and stuff. So can you kind of talk about what the journey has been like there for you guys in terms of things you've tested? And then I know it's super early at the time of this recording, but I think people can go to your site and they're going to see your VIP membership, which lo- looks amazing. Can you talk about kind of the early stages of that as well? Yeah, yeah, that thing is less than a week old, but it was five or six years in the making. We yeah. started as a subscription box company, and we're basically a subscription box company yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I like you awesome. tell the story, but that just tickled us so much. So right around the time we were doing um, 
My lesson in getting to a million dollars is that it's easier to sell old customers new things than yes. new customers anything, right? Yep. So we started launching some of our other boxes by making them ready-made products and different flavors and things like that. And then what I realized is that our average order value was too low. People were mm-hmm. buying one or two items, AOVs, 30 bucks, 50, 40 bucks. Yeah. And I was it's like, it's hard to acquire customers with that AOV. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, can we get this to 60, 65? And we're like, mm, if we sell it to them in a kit with four products, we can charge $65 for that kit, you know, because we, because shipping is expensive and you're going to pay it regardless. And it's going to be from, for us, at least three to $5 or up to seven or eight. So it's like, how can we get more value in that first order? So we launched a shampoo, conditioner, moisturizer, and gel all together. And Bef- a system to give you the wash and go of your yeah. dream. Yeah, because yeah. before we only we didn't have a shampoo and conditioner. We only made the moisturizer and gel. And then after we did that, we um, we were like, people kept asking us for other like unique stuff. and Tre- Basically, treatment kits. Right? Yeah. yeah. And we had months where we were slower than others. And my production team was chilling, you know. And I was like, dang, like, we have a whole manufacturing team. And they can make anything. And so if we are ever slow, we could just make something with a new flavor and launch it. And that would optimize their time, you know. Yeah. So that we're yeah. not having like months where they're, like, done with work two hours early and, like, kind of chilling. You know, right, right, and and so we were like, okay, well, let's see if our audience wants something. So we went to the Facebook group. We've been building this Facebook group for years, by the way. Like we've had it ever since we started the business, and we would go in the group and let them vote. And they started voting on different collections and products, and we would produce it the next month or whatever. And then they'd be like, oh my god, I love it, and they would it would sell out immediately because they were so excited. And that program, because now they're invested, they've said that's what I want, and now you said, well, here it is, and so they're gonna buy. Yeah. Exactly. We call that one Curl Mix Fresh. And oddly enough, we launched it the few days after the birth of our second baby. Oh, Kim funny. was in the hospital <laughs> the day after she gave birth, naturally, taking picture <laughs> promo shots and pictures <laughs> um, in the hospital room. Like we set up a whole little backdrop and photo studio. That's in hilarious. The I'm, sure, I'm sure the staff at the hospital is like, who are these people? They were They're like, amazing. What? Yeah. I had to go to the store and buy props, and they're like, "What is this in the hallway?" <laughs> oh wow! Well, I hate that story. I mean, because I'm I'm just chilling in the hospital bed. I ain't doing nothing. The baby, you know? the baby is sleeping, so we're like, "Shh." No. <laughs> <laughs> and so we launched Comics Fresh, and then we end up making it. We really, our customers loved it so much. We were like, "Well, we can have our own birch box or our own Ipsy sure. or whatever," sure. you know. So we were, and it was a good way to test products. And so people signed up for that and they started subscribing to that monthly for 65 bucks, right? Because we want the same AOV. But then after about a year and a half of doing that or two years of doing that, our customers loved us and they have no problem buying from us that they would have literally 20, 30 products and be like, hey, like I need to cancel my subscription right now. I have way too much mm, stuff. Yep, you know, yep. it, it became a thing in the group to get your own personalized mini fridge, right? To just store Chrome. That's products. hilarious. It's and I'm not even kidding, Brett. There's people they, they decorate it. One right? lady they spray painted her teal. Oh she spray painted hers our brand color, like out in her wow. backyard. You guys go spray the curl mix uh, mini fridge. There you go. Yes, oh, literally, yes. yes. I was shocked. She even like hand drew the logo on her fridge. I was like, oh my gosh, it's intense. But then I was like, man, like, how can we allow these people to have the flexibility to stay with us and still provide us the recurring revenue that we need? But also give them the flexibility that they need so they're not having the same 20 bottles of one thing in the house. And um, my one of my coaches had me look at um, Fab uh, Fabletics. Fabletics yep. Yep. basically has you buy one credit a month on a $50 a month subscription. And when I dug deeper, I think his name is Adam Goldenberg, I think is the founder. 
I found out that he owned Fenty X. I mean, uh, Savage Fenty, which like is the fashion. 49% of Savage X Fenty, right? Yeah. So he yeah, runs there's Kate, Kate Hudson, Adam Goldenberg, Don Wrestler. Just, uh, yeah, just look at yeah. that. Cool. Oh, thank you for clarifying. But yeah. so Kate Hudson's a face, just like Rihanna's the face for Savage Fenty. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then they have Fabletics, and they've been using different celebrities. I think Kevin Hart and Iniko was like the last set of celebrities to, to do their campaign. And they also own Just Fab Kids and Shoe Dazzle. And nice, all yeah. five of these brands have the same model. And I was like, oh my gosh. This, and then I remember reading on Fabletics, it's like he has 2 million subscribers. I'm like, 2 million people are paying you monthly $50 for points that they're going to yeah. come back and use. And I was like, it makes sense because w- once you save those points up, like Audible, like you were saying, um, you can either come back for a shopping spree or you can get what you want, whatever you log in. Yeah, but you, know? you don't cancel, right? There's yeah. almost no, there's almost no turn. Right, exactly. Crazy. Yeah, so that's smart. So we've only been doing it for about a week and we're hoping that it kills it and it keeps going. We launched it for Black Friday and it did better than our actual sale. Wow. Um, which is crazy. Wow, that's oh, we crazy. It for a small business Saturday. Yeah. And it did better than like all, we did a week of Black Friday and it did better than it was our uh, highest day. Every day. Yeah. Whoa. So check it out. It, yeah, it's all over the it's all over the website. So I think you need to look at it. And and I do love that <laughs> model. And yeah, you and I were we were talking before we hit record. I'm, I'm an Audible subscriber. Love it. And yeah, I don't mind if I go like three or four months without buying anything and let, letting those credits accrue. And then I'll go buy four books or whatever. So I think it's a great model. I think more people should look at it. And I think they they should double, definitely check out your site and uh, see what you guys are up to. So um, guys, this has been fantastic. I, I have more questions I want to ask you, but we're we're up against time, so we'll have to kind of kind of wrap. But um, come back for part two. Yeah, part two, man. I we we have got to do it. I will commit to it. I think that'll be super super fun. Uh, we can kind of hear how things go after you finish the 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 raise and and uh, get kind of a, an update there. So um, if people want to learn more, uh, where should they check you guys out? If you want to learn more about Chromix, go to chromix.com. You want to follow me and Tim and see our kids? You can follow us on Instagram at Kim and Tim Lewis. Um, and if you want to invest in our crowdfund, go to wefunder.com backslash Chromix. Awesome, Kim, Tim, you guys nailed it. You guys are super fun. I I always have fun recording the podcast because I enjoy it. But this has been one of the most fun in, in a really long time. So thank you guys. For oh, thank you, Brett. I appreciate it. Yep, yep. All right, awesome. Until next time. And and so with that, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, we'd love to hear from you, our listeners. What would you like to hear more of? What are some ideas for the show? And hey, if you haven't left that five-star review on iTunes, what are you waiting for? That, That would make my day and help other people find the show as well. And so until next time, thank you for listening. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session, or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.